Support for this program is provided by Chevron. This is Politico Energy. I'm Nirmal Malaykul. Decommissioning a nuclear power plant is a complicated, costly, and time-intensive effort. And recently, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, the people who oversee that process, put out their latest proposal on how to do that. But many Democrats, and critics in general, were not too pleased with the commission's plan or with the commission itself. Environmental groups, local groups, states, and others have repeatedly kind of accused the commission of being very closely tied to the nuclear industry. And there has been reporting that has found some safety violations that were not properly taken care of. Today, Politico's Catherine Morehouse on the challenges of decommissioning some of the nation's nuclear power plants and the impact it has on local communities. It's Friday, December 3rd. So, Catherine, what's in this new rule the Nuclear Regulatory Commission proposed in November? Yeah, so what the Nuclear Regulatory Commission wanted to do with this rule last month was get rid of this regulation by exemption process that had traditionally been done when decommissioning plants. So basically, every nuclear plant that was retiring and being decommissioned needed to go to the Nuclear Regulatory Commission and say, can we have an exemption for all of these rules and processes that we were required to follow while this plant was operating? And as you can imagine, that was a pretty tedious process and a lot of folks believed unnecessary. So this rule basically aims to streamline that process and regulate it differently in that stage of life. Got it. And Democrats aren't too happy with this rule and with the commission in general. What are their critiques? Yeah, so some of the critiques is that the decommissioning process has a lot more problems than just that it was a little bit cumbersome for the industry. Basically, what happens now is the industry will just bring its proposal to the commission and the commission does not approve or deny that proposal. The commission basically reviews it and nothing happens. And what Senator Markey said was this basically means that the Nuclear Regulatory Commission acts as a glorified filing cabinet without any real regulatory scrutiny over this decommissioning process, which, as you can imagine, is costly and potentially a risky project. And could you just give us some context here? How many nuclear power plants are close to retiring or have retired recently? Yeah, so we are at kind of a unique point in the history of nuclear power in the U.S. Most nuclear power plants were built between the 1970s and the 1990s. So we're expecting to see a big wave of retirements in the next few years. Within the next four years alone, we're supposed to see at least four reactors retire. And we've seen several more close in recent years, including the Indian Point nuclear plant in New York and the Pilgrim nuclear plant in Massachusetts. So how much does it actually cost to retire each of these nuclear power plants? Each single reactor can cost between $400 million and $1 billion to retire. And it's estimated that retiring the remaining nuclear fleet could cost up to $96 billion. And kind of estimates for those costs have risen certainly year over year. 
So your reporting also focuses on the impact on local communities. Why are they concerned about the current way nuclear power plants are decommissioned? And is that at all related to the financial costs we just talked about? Yeah, so the way that power plant companies pay for the decommissioning process is they have a trust fund where every year a percentage of the ratepayer bills goes into this trust fund and the utility puts aside that money until the day that its nuclear plant is retiring. But with lower gas prices and lower renewable energy prices, those low costs are are pushing a lot of power plants offline early. And there's also a new trend of third-party companies coming in and buying up these decommissioned power plants. So folks are concerned what might happen if these costs go over. Where is that money going to come from? Is the community going to have to pay for it? And they worry that without an official approval or rejection of the plan by the commission, that there just isn't any oversight. And there are some avenues for states to weigh in on this, but they would they would have to create those avenues, essentially. For example, in New York, the former governor signed into law last year a provision that gives state regulators greater oversight over the process, but only on the economic side and on the environmental side. There isn't anything that state regulators or the state legislature has authority over on the safety side that's exclusively under the Nuclear Regulatory Commission's jurisdiction. So as you can imagine, these groups are concerned that if they have concerns with this process, there isn't really a process to approve or disprove these plans. And at the same time, they can't even bring a challenge to the agency with any safety concerns until much later in the decommissioning process. Also, on Thursday, EPA said it will begin sending states billions of dollars for water infrastructure improvements. States will get their hands on $44 billion over the next five years, and all of it comes from the bipartisan infrastructure law signed last month by President Joe Biden. Funding will be distributed largely based on population. EPA Administrator Michael Regan also urged governors to prioritize environmental justice communities and other funding as well. Moving forward, the EPA's water chief is expected to issue national program guidance for state agencies with more details on how to use that funding. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com morningenergy. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Carlos Prieto and myself are the producers. Raghu Manavalin is our senior editor of audio. Our senior producer is Jenny Ament. Irene Noguchi is Politico Audio's executive producer. Our editors are Matt Daly and Gloria Gonzalez. I'm Nirmal Malaykul, and we'll see you back on Monday. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Chevron's El Segundo refinery is looking to turn plant-based oil into renewable gasoline, jet, and diesel fuels, because it's only human to want to power a better future. Learn more at chevron.com slash lower carbon.